Hello, my name is Ryan. I'm from Cape Town and I work for Silverwolf PI. Welcome to this installment of The Silver Wolf Howl. I am Angela and today we will be chatting to Ryan about his perspective on private investigation. Hello Ryan, thank you for joining me today and for allowing me to ask you all sorts of questions about your job and the world of private investigation. I'm going to jump right in there. What work were you doing before you became a private investigator? I was working for a financial institution for 15 years. My speciality was pension funds, provident funds, preservation funds, and I also uh, learned extensively about employment equity. Okay, interesting. So what made you want to become a private investigator after being with a financial institution and also after being there for so many years? You know, us boys, when we become men, we want to be like that guy on TV, Magnum PI, when I was younger, and uh, Miami Vice in those days. So uh, as you know, I was in the, in the financial industry and being a friend of yours, you mentioned one day that you were interviewing people and you're looking for someone that could do the job, private investigating and tracing. And I just took that chance with you that day and I said, you know what, give me a try. I would like to see if I can then maybe do a career change because sometimes we have to change, change is good. You know, and I felt that, you know, let's take this leap of faith. And we went, that was the Saturday that we spoke, if you can remember. And then the Wednesday, we had that meeting with Noel. And yeah, after 15 years being in a company, you become comfortable. And, uh, but, you know, change is good. So I'm not sorry I made that change. I'm really enjoying what I'm doing. Oh, great. Okay. So then I know how long you've been in this industry, but... Let me ask you the question. So how long have you been a private investigator and how long have you been in the industry? Well, I've been from 1 December 2020. That makes it about one and a half years now. Okay. So, yeah, almost two years. That's great. So then what did you think being a private investigator was like before you became one? I mean, we all have these ideas and, you know, of what it's like. What did you think it was like? Well, I thought it was about always sitting in cars in the middle of the night, jumping over fences and harassing people and chasing guys down alleyways, walking around with a trolley, you know, looking like a beggy or being this drunkard in a pub causing trouble. But it's not exactly like that. Yeah, it's a, it's a completely different ball game to what you see on the movies. <laughs> that is quite amusing. So then how is it different to what you thought it would be? It is basically... A case of things are much slower. You know, it's case dependent. And depending on what on we're looking for, what the case is about, you get missing persons. And uh, you basically have to uh, go around looking for something, for, for someone getting leads. And uh, that can take anything from one day to two days to three days. You have to follow up on a theft. It's not a case of staking out a building, you know, watching people. It's more a case of just following leads and just chatting with people. So it, it is completely different to what we see in the movies. There is quite a bit of, shall we call, admin involved rather than being on the road all the time. It's, it's, it's not quite as easy as it may seem. 
Okay. So really, in essence, uh, what we see on TV is the summarized or shall I say the exciting version of what it is like in real life. Do you agree with that assessment? Yeah, TV is TV. They basically just want to show you the fun parts of it. But in actual fact, the amount of admin, the amount of interaction between yourself, the client, local authorities, and uh, everyone concerned to get to the the end of the investigation is more labor intensive than what people think it is. So yes, we mustn't let the perception of what investigator is like uh, lead us to believe that it's an easy job. It's, it's not as clean cut as that. So you were never in the police force or any similar industry before becoming a PI? No, I wasn't. Okay, so then... Not being a policeman or being in, you know, law enforcement or anything like that, how does it help or hinder you as a PI in terms of the execution of your work? To tell you the truth on that point, it's actually an advantage for me, the reason being I don't have this tunnel vision of how police has been trained. They are trained to do it according to a set way and they have to follow a certain set of rules. An investigator, you basically go on your gut feeling, you're thinking completely out of the box and you're not ring-fencing ring your, your, your ideas, your thoughts, your methods, your strategy and you're not, we are not limited by the procedures that law enforcement has to follow. Yeah, yeah, I understand that. Okay, so then how does it influence your style of investigation? I don't come in with a preconceived idea of how the job must be done, how something must be investigated. If if there was any other things that was causing me to get tunnel vision, then it wouldn't work. So being fresh without any other legal or law or, or law enforcement backgrounds, it's it's opened up my mind quite a bit. Ah, I see. Okay. So tell me. What do you think about the industry in South Africa versus other countries? The private investigating industry, I've never heard of until I've met UNO. I always thought that they were connected to the police and uh, like other countries have private investigators. But it was, to me, it was not an industry in South Africa, not that I knew of. Wow, okay. That's interesting. So going from not even knowing that the industry exists to becoming a private investigator. So you've taken quite a leap. So what do you enjoy most about your work? That is a very broad question. Uh, I've got a great boss. I get to work from home. I get to travel. I get to see towns that I've never ever seen before or even heard of. I don't have to log in. I don't have to be micromanaged. I'm not really working because I'm enjoying what I'm doing. I can tell. So, okay, what is it like for Ryan? What is it like being a private investigator? It's exciting. It's a it's a huge responsibility. You have the client, you have SEPs, and what whoever else is involved. So there is collaboration between yourself, the client, and SEPs. You have to make sure that SEPs uh, is working with you and you with them, and not against each other. All in all, it's it is it's exciting. Sometimes you feel like James Bond. Sometimes you feel like you're like a superhero. But uh, at the end of the day, it's all not fun in games. It is it's serious, but it's it's different. It's a challenging and yet um, 
exhilarating experience. It's better than the movies. You don't run as much, which is awesome. <laughs> so, yeah, um, it is an environment that is like no other. I enjoy it. <laughs> I feel you on the running thing. So, personal challenges. Um, what kind of personal challenges do you face being a private investigator? Personal challenges. Let me see. I can think of one thing. Remember, I was off, supposed to be off last week, Friday. Yes, and then yes, yes. Suddenly, we had to <laughs> we had to leave. And on my off days, I like to work on my bikes. But um, yeah, so basically, it's time. We can't make plans. We have to. We are twenty four seven. I'm used to you know, normal eight to five. But that is the requirements of the job. Uh, when something comes up, then you have to drop your stuff and go. So that's why we have kit bags. So whenever no phones or Angela phone says, right, oh, we have to go to Saldana Bay or we have to go to Cradock uh, uh, or we have to go to Omar Freak van Doors. Um, I don't ask questions. We just set the GPS and here we go. So, yeah, so it cuts into your private time. But uh, you also, you know, when people normally work, then we're off. So uh, you, you win some and you lose some. But it's a sore part of the job. Hmm. So you mentioned a kit box, a kit bag. Will you tell us what's in your kit box? Kit box? What kit box? I don't know what you're talking about. No kit box. <laughs> okay. I see you going for that whole undercover thing with your kit box. That's fine. <laughs> so then tell us, what has been your best moment? Nolan, I had to go to... A certain area and I had to infiltrate let's call it a compound and I was there at six in the morning and I had to listen to people I had to overhear what they had to say and gather information all this in a complex that's strictly controlled by security and I had no access card left this facility again came back in with the client in his vehicle again without access cards and it was strict security got in got my intel and I had to work my way out by myself without a vehicle. And I had to slip through security, in front of security, looking at me and just staring. And I made it out. The next morning we came in full uniform. That security and management were baffled as to how I managed to get in the day before. All this without even, without credentials. That made me feel like James Bond. <laughs> That's cool. And the fact that it was my very first undercover case made it so exciting. I was so nervous. I was like, I was petrified of going to jail if they had to catch me. But we won. <laughs> Lovely. So there's quite a bit of acting involved then because you have to, you have to take on this role of, you know, uh, the person that could get access to this place in order for you to be convincingly accepted into this place yes you have to think on your feet you have to you need to become two-faced in other words so my friends tell me they have trust issues with me nowadays because i can lie so well but yeah you 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 have to adapt you have to look at the avenue at the route that you have to take right now that very moment and this is where you must have people's skills so that you must let people believe your lie. Hmm. 
Interesting. Okay, now I'm flipping it and I'm asking you, what is your worst moment? I had no worst moments as yet, but more disappointing where we've put in so much hours investigating and gathering information that other departments outside of ours will then um, ruin it because of not collaborating with us and letting us know that they're going to do something and it just backfires on them then it leaves us uh, back at point one again but um, the worst moments i've not had yet okay well that's good tell us about one of your most memorable cases that you've worked on so far memorable is we had the missing persons case last year uh, this was someone that had mental issues and had a lot of phobias. You know, it was, uh, they did not like um, to be around people. They did not like people must touch this stuff. They um, basically everything in a package of someone that is in dire need of guidance and that needed to be uh, safe all the time. But this person ran away and uh, we had to look for a specific type of vehicle in the Cape Town area. And we managed to, the person was missing for about two days already. And we found the person within a matter of hours. And for me, it was, uh, you found this needle in a haystack. And not because it was just your job, but because this person's safety and life is at stake. So we found the person and we actually managed to safely get this person into custody but for safety reasons so that for me was a, a pivotal moment for me best moment ever hmm. okay are there any cases that have a negative emotional effect on on you as a private investigator i haven't had a case that uh, affected me in that way yet but i would say that there are cases that we deal with where it's very easy to get emotionally involved in what family is feeling. But if and when the time comes, I need to be cognizant of the fact that I need, I cannot attach myself to emotions at the time. But no, I haven't um, had anything uh, emotionally affecting me at this point in time. I see. What advice would you give to somebody who is thinking about becoming a private investigator? What I would tell someone is to have, which is actually one of the most important things, is integrity. Because we don't only do investigations, we do tracing, finding people as well. So with investigations, with tracing, your integrity is, in most cases, the deciding factor in your success. If you do not have, in, have integrity, then you can easily compromise your investigation. You can easily compromise your data. So at the end of the day, people can pick up when you have no integrity and people don't trust you because integrity is based on trust. And that is first and foremost between yourself, your client, local authorities, anyone that you come into contact with. So if you do not have integrity, you cannot be trained because with training comes trust. So if you do not have that, then um, it is you'll be not, not failing, but you will be compromising uh, what you're trying to achieve. 
Well, thank you, Ryan. That was very interesting. It was lovely having you around and chatting to you and learning all of these fascinating things and about your experiences. So thank you for joining me. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for the listeners for taking the time, Angela. Thank you so much. Oh, before I forget, and for those that want to know about our kit boxes, what's in there? I have handcuffs. <laughs> <laughs> Yay!